Welcome to another episode of the Digital Built Australia podcast, the podcast that unpacks the ways in which digital technologies and data insights can shape a highly productive and sustainable built environment. My name is Adam Beck, and along with my co-host, Gavin Cottrell, we'll use this podcast to share insights about the places, spaces, and assets that we shape, and the policymakers, practitioners, and researchers and innovators behind the work. So let's get to it. Today, Gavin sits down with Andrew Christie, a solutions architect with AWS. Andrew advises customers on how to achieve their desired business results. She's got over 20 years experience, and she's worked in technical leadership with financial services, telcos, utilities, government research institutions, and startups. Gavin, over to you. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today. I'm very looking forward to the conversation. So kicking us off for today's podcast... A lot of people are talking about digital twin. In your opinion, are we doing a good job of communicating why we need a digital twin? And what is a digital twin? Thanks so much for for having me on. And um, look, it it is quite the hot topic at the moment. I, um, I think we could be doing a better job of communicating both why a digital twin is needed and what it actually is in the first place. With the customers that I talk to, I would say that a minority are actually advanced in realising essentially their digital twin vision and their projects, but there are actually a lot of organisations, if not most, who are still trying to properly understand what, what a digital twin actually is. I think part of that is because digital twins right now are the shiny new buzzword, everyone wants a slice. Um, There's also been a bit of a rebranding of certain technologies that have been around for quite a long time um, and, you know, now they're rebranded as digital twins. One of the things that's um, sort of happened in the last few years, which I think is helping, there's definitely a lot more collaboration between digital twin solution providers. Um, There's certainly more agreement around what a digital twin is. So, you know, if we focus around the fact that it's a new technology that incorporates three things, um, physical entity, uh, a digital representation, and of course, the two-way connectivity between the two, maybe we need to make it clearer that it can apply Uh, sort of more broadly than it's perceived. Uh, If we provide the type of messaging that puts digital twin projects into a must-have proposition rather than a nice-to-have, I think we would get more traction with a lot of customers who are maybe sitting on the fence. And this could be by a number of ways, maybe focusing on risk or safety, those types of similar use cases that are broadly more, more appealing. Again, a lot of what I see comes down to to nice-have versus must-have. There's a lot of interest in customer land, but unless there's a compelling reason to implement it, it will likely get pushed out for a different project. I also think there's a risk that once the shine of that uh, new buzzword digital twin wears off and we haven't proceeded to the must-have stage, that we might miss the boat on making this the real technology game changer that it has the potential to be. Also, having something that's easy to build upon, like a scalable and repeatable use case is necessary, and it's crucial for customers to understand the potential and value, otherwise they, they might not even get started. It's interesting what we see at the moment. We see the majority of people articulating digital twin as what is a digital twin. So whether it's a visualization uh, tool, whether it's analytical, simulation, it seems to be a lot around that and less around tying into organisation strategic objectives. And I think that's what 
what we're seeing a lack of at the moment and it's less around I feel that the business aspects of why you should adopt a digital twin which I think is really important and I think you've, you've touched on a really good point there around use cases and I think use cases is a really important way of talking really about digital twin a lot of people talk about digital twin productivity increases sustainability outcomes etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's quite meaningless unless you actually start to talk about use cases so so really to, to help engage people surely we need to tell stories and use cases to communicate the value of digital twins so really keen from your perspective in terms of that use case and communication perspective founder yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they're definitely more relatable, especially if they focus on the particular industry that an organisation is part of rather than something generic. Um, I think everyone probably knows by now that, you know, the digital twin technologies that are out there can really, I guess, for lack of a better word, lift organisations to that bird's eye perspective. You know, having that ability to bring some critical components, whether it's data models, analytics, knowledge base, into that framework that kind of takes advantage of actually existing investments that companies have made into technologies like big data, analytics, AI, ML. I would say that, you know, um, every CEO, irrespective of industry, cares about reducing risk. They care about improving things like customer satisfaction and experience, you know, things like improving operational efficiency and reducing cost. They're a really great way to cater to all of those business outcomes. And, um, you know, if we take you know, a specific industry, if we, if we think about an industrial company, you can argue that the more digital twins are in operational use, the lower the risk of failure, um, the higher the probability that procedures are running at potentially optimal performance, or at least, you know, inching closer to that state. And in regards to, to use cases, I think some of them absolutely transcend industries. And, and the ones that are, I guess, the most relatable and, and come up uh, time and again are around, you know, I'll just give some examples, smart and sustainable building digital twins, where there's a lot of focus on um, reducing energy consumption, improving air quality, a real clear focus on, on sustainability initiatives, things like remote facility monitoring via sensors and cameras. So this could be pretty much any facility. It's all around monitoring equipment, having to uh, avoid sending people out to remote sites to do uh, regular in-person maintenance. And this doesn't preclude the, the other smart and sustainable focus either, because again, it's, it's a facility. And then um, city and council type digital twins, because there are so many benefits that a digital twin can bring there. If we take into account the um, New South Wales spatial digital twin, as we know, almost every state in Australia is kind of hot on the heels of that project and looking to build out their own digital twin. Everything from better emergency management and response, uh, better disaster recovery and planning, um, especially around situations like the bush bushfires from the last few years, you know, there's urban planning, zoning development, environment, climate monitoring, crowd dynamics. There's lots and lots. I could probably reel off another 10 minutes worth of uh, worth of benefits. But th those are the things that are broadly more, more applicable and relatable rather than just listing off some random benefit or use case. Do you think, Andrew, the private sector are better in communicating use cases or, or public in terms of governments explaining use cases? Or is there a difference? It really depends. I think, um, again, 
in my experience at least, it comes down to not just how the message is communicated, but also the potential urgency of a particular project. As I said, you know, it could be the, the best use case and story of all time, but if it doesn't have that compelling, it needs to be done now type of urgency, it really does risk being sidelined for another project that potentially has that urgency. So, and, and you know, it, it doesn't just come down to the, the, the right messaging piece, although that is definitely a, a part of it. Yeah, so you talk about justification on that. It's, it's interesting, we're starting to see more and more organisations think about how does digital twin fit in with their organisation and funding. Are, are you seeing more organisations look at business case development for their digital twin programmes? Definitely. You know, I think they've realised that in order to actually get something done, you need to have, you know, not just the right stakeholders supporting it, but an actual proper business case holding it up from a foundation's perspective for it to actually proceed from beginning to end. Also, apart from that, and I think that probably leads us into the next point of a discussion, I guess, taking into account what others have done, because although it is still very much a shiny new buzzword slash project, there are still plenty of organisations, both in the private and public sector, who have taken the plunge and have realised benefits and seen what the capabilities uh, and, you know, beyond the art of the possible are. So that's, um, you know, it's a good position to be in when you can take advantage of what others have done, both from a, you know, benefit as well as potential avoid their failures perspective. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think digital twin might be a relatively new thing, but we all can take lessons from the past in terms of the success and failures of certain technology initiatives. So I think it's really, what can we learn, do you think, in terms of those other initiatives that have communicated, successfully communicated their why? I think that's really important that we do look to the past so we can better for the future. What areas do you see and what can we learn from other initiatives? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, at the risk of repeating myself, I can't rate highly enough uh, learning from others' mistakes as well as successes. I think everyone that successfully communicated their why had a, a really clear use case and outcome in mind. So, you know, if I think of monitoring equipment, that isn't necessarily a good use case for a digital twin on its own. Um, it's outcome of increasing productivity, improving worker safety, increasing the overall lifetime of the equipment and reducing costs. Suddenly you have a much clearer picture of the why and all of the benefits. And I think, um, you know, at the core of any of these successful projects, it's you have to go back to the solving of the specific business challenges and why you're doing this in the first place. No one wants to create digital trends just for the sake of it because, you know, as we know, it can be quite complicated. Um, and also, not every use case is going to be or should be fulfilled by a digital twin solution. And I always go back to, to customers with, you know, What's the outcome that you're working towards? Because that's really the only way to define the problem and then ultimately to solve it. So if you take the business outcome as a given, you can start to think about what data or input needs to go into it, um, what insights you want to generate, what's the, uh, you know, the business outcome. And finally, the, the advice um, I also have, if you want to be successful apart from figuring out the why, also don't be afraid to start small, um, focus on one or two small uh, use cases that you can really prove out and show ROI. 
get more stakeholders on board, keep building and iterating on that rather than necessarily starting out with a big project mindset, which can sometimes be an inhibitor or, or a barrier to even getting started. You know, and, and as we continue to move along with uh, plenty of other customers and organisations on this, I keep trying to provide the same type of advice. Sometimes, you know, you just have to get started in order to determine where you might end up. Absolutely. I think to conclude, if the listeners are working out what is their one thing that they should do to help, they want to start their digital twin journey within their organisation, their company, business, etc. What would be the one thing that you would recommend that they need to do? I think the one thing, um, and I've kind of stated this in the last section that we just discussed, is find out what you're trying to do and learn from others' experience. And also, um, you know, number three now, not the one thing, make sure that you speak to experts, whether it's uh, solution providers or others in your particular industry or sector. Find out what worked for them find out what didn't work from them. It gives you a really good starting point to determine where to go and move forward. That's probably the best advice that I can provide. Great. Okay, well, with that, Andrew, that's really good sage advice for the listeners. I've really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you again for giving up your time. Thank you so much for having me on, Gavin. Well, we hope you liked this episode of the Digital Built Australia podcast. Remember, if you're not subscribing, you can do so. Head to your favourite podcast platform. Or you can also go to our website, www.digitalbuiltaustralia.com.